Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. For more great interviews and resources on the craft and business of writing, be sure to check out our companion website, scriptsandscribes.com. But first, before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our new Patreon subscribers, Kevin Wolf, Ron Peer, Kathy Yonick, and Denora Boone. And today we've got on the show a great lit manager and producer who's a fellow USC alum. Uh, he got his start working for Catherine James, who was Quentin Tarantino's first manager, and also worked at management production firm Zero Gravity before striking out on his own, forming a new, brand new management production company, World Builder Entertainment. He is Mr. Mark Manis. Thank you for coming on, Mark. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, sir. So it's been a while, so um, it's great to talk to you again. How have you been? How was everything going on with you? How are you guys handling the pandemic? Yeah, well, this is... Uh... This is my, I think this is sort of my first uh, interview slash Q&A, I think, since the pandemic struck. Uh, no festivals, right? No festivals, no writers conferences. Right. Uh, right. All of that has either was canceled or will now be virtual, right? Like we are doing at this moment. So um, I, I'm, look, I am healthy. I'm, I'm blessed. I couldn't, you know, I thankfully, listen, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, in retrospect, there were many years, uh, I think, uh, or a lot of t times over the years, uh, that I've been representing people that I thought, you know, man, sometimes it would be nice to be a buyer, you know, would it, would it be like, you know, should I have become an exec or a producer? Would that have been like, you know, this getting door slammed in your face all the time in now, right. And in, in the wake of everything that has transpired, all of the, I think, all of the ways the business has grown over the last year to two years, um, I look like a fucking genius, to be honest <laughs> with you. Because the fact that I suck with represent like management specifically is what, no, we can't, we can't produce anything right now, right? And, uh, and so all we, all we can do is develop uh, great material. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it's like, I couldn't be, I couldn't be more pleased, I think with, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, what I think what we've, what we have sort of grown, right. Um, in this such a short time with the new company and everything. So it's been, it's great. It's great. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a good time to be a creator. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's a lot of creating going on now, right. Uh, with people having more time at home. But let's talk about World Builder, your new company. Uh, first off, I love the name. Great World Builder. It's perfect. Uh, and can tell us a little bit about it. How, what was the inception of it? How did you form it? Uh, I know you have a, a partner in the company. Maybe you can give us a little bit of details. What is World Builder yeah. all about? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, after, so as you mentioned earlier, you know, I was, Gravity. Um, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of. I'm sure a lot of your listeners, um, um, you know, are familiar with the company. It's you know, it's it was established in like 2003. Um, you know, we probably most recently uh, are, are you know we're known for Ozark, right? Ozark was co-created by my colleague Mark Mark Williams and our and our, and our former client, my former client Bill Dubuque. Um, uh, and you know, listen, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have asked for a better team in the four years that I was there. They were, they were great, uh, very supportive of me. Um, I think zero gravity allowed me to sort of build a list in, 
in ways that I never thought possible. It certainly opened a lot of doors. And, uh, you know, but I think, you know, it was time. And, you know, the, the accelerator for it really was truly this situation that we find ourselves in globally. Um, it was, you know, I, I think I had been thinking about, you know, the, the company Zero Gravity had gone through some, some changes at the end of last year. Um, a few managers had sort of departed uh, to start another company, you know, and, um, you know, and it kind of got me thinking about my future there and, and I think the direction in which things were heading. And, uh, you know, and I started, I started thinking, you know, obviously to myself, not obviously to zero gravity, but, you know, um, uh, you know, like what, what sort of company, like a perfect company in my eyes looked like. Uh, and I, and I happened to, you know, I happened to have lunch with, um, a, a woman named Danny Festa, um, who's been a friend for a very, very long time. Um, we, you know, we, we were peers, uh, we've, you know, we were both kind of, you know, both on parallel tracks. She, she had run a successful company, Festa Entertainment for, you know, for, I mean, 15 plus years. And, um, you know, and I think smartly, um, saw that she needed to diversify her business um, in the wake of the 2008 strike. And, and the way she did that was, hold on, I have visual aid. <laughs> the visual aid was by uh, securing uh, the, the, the sort of, uh, the, the, I think the trust and ultimately the, the brand that is Trolls. Oh. Um, and you know, it, she, she started, you know, because she is Chilean, by birth and uh, you know and obviously and speaks Spanish fluently, you know she she was introduced to uh, companies in South America that were looking for entree to the states and uh, and she became that sort of conduit for for them and that and one thing led to another and she started doing licensing deals for companies that were sitting on IP and well known brands one of which was Trolls and so. Uh, that, you know, she built that, uh, you know, brick by brick over years, really, you know, I think really kind of uh, expanded the presence of the Trolls brand, which led obviously to the first film. And then most recently, Trolls World Tour, you know, which has been, you know, obviously a, a success story of 2020. I mean, it was the first film, it was the first wide release theatrical that a studio chose to send straight to to SVOD mm -hmm. um, on, on demand and it, it over like gangbusters. I mean, I, I know families that have downloaded the movie literally 10 to 12 times since April. So it's, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't, she's, she's remarkably resourceful, um, so highly intelligent, uh, great taste. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, I, you know, I, I, I always cherished her as a, as a friend um, first, you know, and, and, and a colleague. And, you know, in December, to kind of circle back, in December, you know, we had, a, we had our sort of annual catch up. And, you know, out of that, I think, grew very organically um, what became, what would become World Builder. You know, it's a domain, it's a name that Danny... Uh, with great foresight, uh, bought a few years ago and was, was considering transitioning to her, her 
you transitioning Festa Entertainment to World Builder. And she said, look, you know, I have this kind of plan that I want to, I kind of want to start implementing now. And she said, you know, I, I would love, you know, look, I would love to kind of grow my business. Um, and wasn't, you know, in that, that lunch didn't result in, hey, let's be partners. It was the seed was planted, though. And then I think when the pandemic hit, um, when we all went into sort of uh, uh, March, you know, she and I had a very sort of earnest conversation. And she said, look, now is a great time to, to do this, you know, like what, you know, here, here's, uh, you know, here's the way we can sort of pull it off. And I think my I think my, uh, I wouldn't say concern or hesitation, but certainly I think the thing that was driving me at that point was what is our, what's our sort of business philosophy, right? Like how are we, because look, a lot of people leave agencies, a lot of people leave production companies. They, you know, they, they know writers that they think are very talented, um, that don't that are without representation for whatever reason they start repping them and suddenly they they have a shingle um and and i know there are a lot of uh, out there i mean i encounter people and, and i'm i'm like oh, i've not i i don't know your company are you know and they're like well it's just kind of like me and an assistant so you know it was very important and i by the way and i've been there um it, it was extremely important to to me that we have a sort of clear I think a kind of clear philosophy, right? A, a mission statement, if if you will, um, it's as to what the company was. And I think, and I think, you know, both of us already knew. Danny and I knew what that mission statement was, and that was sort of creator first mm. um, to act, to quite literally, and you know, I think, and figuratively build worlds. Um, so that is, you know, uh, representing. Uh, established talent and nascent talent, um, and give and I think you know building things in house uh, because you know we we represent a lot of uh, intellectual property as well. You know, and as you know, I for years have uh, you know have always represented people um, you know that I think straddle a lot of different media. You know, so I have you have. I have screenwriters who also are novelists. I have I have comic book writers who became screenwriters, um, and and you know some some successfully. So uh, you know if that's always been an interest to me, I've represented you know online animation companies over the years, online comic book publishers over the years. Uh, so it's a world I know very well. And Danny, uh, I think you know uh, took it really figured out how to capitalize on it in a very meaningful way. You know, so collectively we have, we have, anim, we have an animation company. We have a, we have a graphic novel publishing company based out of the UK that, that has 250 titles. Um, you know, we, Danny represents the Marion C. Cooper estate and DeVito artworks, which collectively, uh, you know, uh, own all creator rights to King Kong. So, oh, wow. you know, so we have that we, and, and obviously trolls, right? The trolls, the trolls franchise has become remarkably successful, you know, but, but all of that aside, which is great, we prime, you know, the first and foremost um, are driven by the, you know, the development and promotion of creators, 
And so if we can, if we can take a young writer that we believe in and pair that person with, you know, you know, something like trolls and sort of get, get them, you know, kind of step and push that forward. Um, great. You know, it's, it's a win, it's a win-win for everybody as far as we're concerned. I mean, that is, you know, we are still very right director driven come and that's going to be, that's really the focus for us. Well, that leads me sort of to another question with IP properties like trolls and, and King Kong and things like that. What type of material do you meaning world builder and you yourself gravitate towards? Are there any genres in particular that you're looking for that you prefer over others, that kind of thing? Uh, no, none that we sort of prefer over others. What I can't, what I can sort of say is I think, you know, it's very important that I stress this. We, you know, we are managers first. Mm. So that's, that's very, very important to us. Um, you know, and so, you know, Kevin, as you know, uh, over the years, I've been sort of very successful, I think, in the genre space. Um, I've done, obviously, I've done other things, but I'm right. known primarily, I think, for being, you know, I think, well, I think sort of well keyed in on that, in that sort of genre space, right? horror, thriller, sci-fi, action, and, Dan and across film and TV. And then Danny, you know, has clients who do those as well. And I think a lot of her success has sort of been in the family and kind of YA space, right? So young, she represents young adult novelists who have, who have their books set up all over town. Um, you know, obviously the Trolls franchise is in animation. She has other clients who do, who, you know, who are very successful in animation, who are on shows for like Nickelodeon and, and, and Amazon and Netflix. So um, I think, you know, I think where we meet in the middle is, uh, you know, I think very sort of, you know, uh, aspirational, inspiration, positive, fun storytelling from unique voices. I think that sort of that, if it's a Venn diagram, that's where we meet. Right. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Uh, now, yeah. speaking about that in terms of uh, cre being creator first and being managers as well as a production company, I wanted to mm -hmm. ask, and, and you also mentioned in your previous uh, statement that you have transitioned comic book writers to screenwriters and vice versa, you know, all these types of transitions because there's so many mediums and now they are sort of blending playwrights becoming tv writers and etc cetera, etc cetera. Yep. does a client is a client i should say is a client more appealing to you as a manager if they are one more than one thing if if they are a comic book writer and a television writer or if they're a screenwriter and a playwright does that make a difference to you it, it you know like admittedly it does mm. but for this reason if 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 a person is doing the creating all of those things it indicates very clearly to me that he or she is a you know is is a world creator gotcha so you know gotcha. because if they can if they can move rather seamlessly 
closely between those two, between the, not two, but between say two media and, uh, or, or, or more than two mediums, then they, you know, they, they clearly understand um, and have a grasp on kind of cr creating characters and stories in, in both. So yes, I think that that is appealing because I think it brings, I think it's, you know, it, the, they all require a sort of different skill set in a way, um, but also rely solely on the ability to, I think, to move a person emotionally. So that's, yeah. So I, I yeah, I mean, I, I think that if, if you can do it in one, you can probably do it in the other. Right. And this being a podcast where we talk to a lot of different reps and it's it's a way for I think writers to get to know you a little bit better I wanted to ask what is the best thing about being a literary rep to you what's your favorite part about the job you know I think when when it it all comes together <laughs> Why not? I think, you know, look, I can tell you because there are so many, because I think there are so many valleys, right? There are going to be more valleys. Very right. important. Pay attention, right. viewer. There are be more valleys than there are peaks. And I think that, you know, in order to, you know, you have to, like, there's an old saying, I probably said this, when you interviewed me the first time years ago, but <laughs> You know, there's a there was something that Maya Angelou said to uh, to Dave Chappelle when Dave Chappelle interviewed her for Iconoclasts. Remember that series? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, and she said, you know, you don't, David, don't pick him up, don't lay him down. And what that and what that meant to her was, listen, if you're gonna pick up accolades, then you got to pick up the criticism too. And if you don't want the criticism, then don't pick up the accolades. So put it, you know, leave it, leave it all, leave it all on the ground. Uh, and it's something I have tried every single day of my life uh, since hearing that to adhere to it. It doesn't always work. Um, but I think, you know, what that, you know, look, it, it's evolved. The meaning of, of that phrase, which I, which originally a West African saying, actually, that Maya Angelou sort of adopted for herself. Um, what that really means to me is, you know, you got, you know, you have to treat everything, I think, with the same equanimity. And so I think the the valleys, right, and, and how I sort of sustain valleys is by treating them the same way. Um, and so try to find some sustainable you know, element, I think, to get me to kind of, you know, to sort of, to find that equanimity, right, to find that balance. And I think those things are, it can be as simple as, that's a great idea, I'm, right, because there are so many not great ideas. So I think just having, you know, sometimes, sometimes the best moments for me are just when a client says, Hey, you know, I've been thinking, what about this? And I'm, and my, and my just head explodes because I'm like, that, that's it. That's the thing we've been looking for. Um, and it, because it is like kind of almost like catching lightning in a bottle. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and so I, so I get excited. I don't get excited about the big things. The big things are great, but they fade. And I, you know, so I, I try to find something equal 
day to, you know, I think to kind of uh, create a, you know, a, a sustainability. That's the best way I can describe it is like a sustainability, you know, because it's not always a fun job in the same way that writing is not always the fun job to do. Um, and so that's, I think that's what sort of excites me. And of course I get excited. I think when, you know, when I can see, when I recognize talent, this is more, this is more of, I think the egotistical answer to your question <laughs> is I get excited when I, you know, when I think when I can discover, when I feel like I've discovered someone, um, you know, who, who sort of was at ground zero and then can get to the penthouse, right? Because I'm like, hey, I saw that before anyone else did and person develop his or her voice and get to the, you know, sort of get to this place where it's, a, it's the first film or spec sale or, or, you know, something or an assignment or something produced, whatever it may be. Um, you know, that, I think that's, you know, that's, that's when we get very successful. I think that's when we get very excited as reps because it's, pay, it, it's sort of paid off. That investment is paid off in a way. Right. No, that's great. And it's interesting to hear you say those two things specifically. And a lot of other managers I've mentioned have mentioned that seeing a client, uh, discovering a client and watching their career blossom as being an element that they, that they really enjoy. But one thing I thought was unique about yours, which I think is a testament to your world builder sort of name and as well as your sort of mission statement, your goal, is a lot of reps that I've spoken to, it's they feel really one of the best times is when you can tell a client that you sold their script or, you know, it's that specific sale moment when you, it's not necessarily about that because there's so many great moments like that, but there's also a lot of rejection and a lot of heartbreak, but it's about building the world. It's about when you come up with a great idea, something that you think is, is truly amazing, a story or care, whatever that world you've, you've built that and you, you've reached the inception point of that. That's a special part. So I think that's, that's kind of unique and a, it's a testament to what you're trying to do at, at World Builder. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's a very lovely thing to say. Yeah, no, I've never heard anyone say that as a, as a lit rep. Not that that's, not, not, I'm not denigrating other lit reps, obviously, but I think that your World Builder, <laughs> <laughs> I think World Builder as, as a name fits perfectly because it's, it's clear that's, that's really what you are inherently. So I think that's, that's because, great. I mean, if we, yeah, I mean, you know, look, absolutely. I, I don't know how anybody, I don't know how anybody can just hang on, on to the success, right? Because then you have to face then how much, how much harder are the failures if you only are hanging on to the successes? So that's what I mean. Like I, you have to, that's what I think I've learned right over my career is that you really have to sort of treat everything the the same. Like we don't, you know, the, one of, one of the biggest problems I, I think I've I've had with the entertainment business as a you know once you you know once you sort of pull back that curtain and are sort of exposed to the bowels of of the of the business you 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 I think you sort of you know you kind of understand you know I think in a way um, just sort of how difficult right sort of everything you know everything can sort of be um and and it's and it's always about the 
feel like it's just the constant promotion, right, of the thing that that thing that I did, uh, you know, and I and I have found that it's it's really about to me, it's really sort of just being able to get excited about little things in the same look in the same way that, you know, we find ways to elevate our mood, right? When you're not, when you're feeling not 100%, you know, what's, what's that thing that you do? I sometimes simple as I skipped rope for 10 extra minutes or I, you know, like I listened to a Fleetwood song and it snapped me right out of it. So I know. <laughs> so it's like, I think you, you know, I, and I treat business the same way. Right. That, that thing, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when I feel maybe all is lost or things are not going as, as, as sort of, uh, productively as I would like, you know, brings me back to the realm of excitement, um, and enthusiasm really, it could be as simple as like, you know, Googling something, re reading an article and then suddenly like, oh, hey, that's a, you know, there's a facet that hasn't, of, of society that hasn't been explored, right? And then part of my brain kicks in. I'm like, is there a series? Like, maybe there's a TV series. Maybe this is, maybe, is it wonder if this person would be willing to option his or her life rights. Um, and then I get excited again. So sometimes they could just be trolling on the internet. <laughs> and it's just to find a little nugget. Right. You know? And, but speaking of, to your, point of there's lots of ups and downs and it's it's really about the process and finding the victories in that what do you say to your clients or even to newer writers out there when they face those tough times is there something you can say to that would help them sort of get over those valleys and in anticipation of the peaks that that hopefully will come you know you know, this, I think this ties in, uh, it's a great question because I think it sort of ties in to something that was not apparent to me when I was younger. Um, maybe, maybe it was, uh, I just couldn't define it, um, but is certain. And I think, you know, to get the sort of best out of someone uh, requires empathy. And that has, I think, been the great, it's sort of really the sort of greatest asset in, in, in tool, right, in, in the box for me, um, is because thankfully, uh, and I don't know if it's my parents or just some genetic blessing that has been handed down through generations, but, you know, I, I've, I've always been remarkably empathetic. Uh, not, 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 I mean, certainly, yes, sensitive, but not sensitive in the, in the sense that, you know, that you were dwelling in, um, uh, sent sentimental s sentimentality, right? It's not, it's not sort of mushy. It's, it is just an understanding of what a person has to go through. And I think being able to put yourself, um, you know, to, to, you know, to sort of use a, a you know, a, certainly an off use adage, right? Walking in someone else's shoes. So right. I think compassion It's something. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I think that ha having that ability, I think, opens a window to the way people are certainly 
grappling, right, at, at any given moment. And I, I think that allow that certainly allows me to, I think, have a more meaningful, productive conversation with the client um, about sort of the setback or the failure or whatever is. And I think also, you know, on top of that, and I think also important, just be honest. Like, I think, I think honest, I think if there's one thing that I have, uh, you know, what's weird about these, I realize this is a sort of tangent for a moment about these sort of interviews is that like when, particularly for, for me, when I start sort of talking, I realize that essentially like I am creating a sort of portrait of myself. Like I'm telling a story right. like as if I'm not sitting here, like I'm talking about Mark Manis as if I'm not at Mark Manis. Third person. But, you know, I think, yeah, it's, it's fine, right? It is, <laughs> you suddenly kind of shift into that. But what I was going to say is I think, you know, being, you know, something that is, uh, that I often hear um, from people in conversation is, you know what I appreciate, appreciate about you, Manis? You're a straight shooter. I hear that probably twice, two or three times a week. Right. And, you know, that, whatever that means to you, Kevin, right? No bullshit, uh, great candor, you know, but what it means to me is I'm, just, I'm honest because I think, and, and you know what, I, I haven't always been. I think when I was starting out in my first couple of jobs, you know, I think we all feel like, you know, can we, you know, it takes, I think it takes a few, I think, you know, affirmative situations to kind of get used to, I think, sort of being wearing that hat, right? And, and, it, and so, you know, I certainly wasn't always that way. But I think now it's, it's like, let's, let's just rip the bandaid off, right? Something, something isn't working. Um, we started, we started on this path, we ended up somewhere else. Um, you know, too much time has gone by this idea may not be as relevant as it once was. Maybe this is time to, maybe it's time to put something on the shelf or like, Hey, I don't know why they won't meet with you. You know, they don't, they, they, they're not responding. Like I don't, so I think it's just best to be honest with the client. And I think, and I have found appreciate that much more just up front with them about things. No, and I think you're, I would agree with those that say you're a straight shooter. You've always, <clears throat> excuse me, you've always been a straight shooter with me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have a tremendous amount of respect because not all reps are that way and not all, well, just not just reps, but people in the business are that way. But in addition to that, you're very respectful, which I think is great because that's also something that's a lost art. They're, they're respectful. Obviously, if J.J. Abrams calls, you're respectful, but when people who aren't JJ, you're still respectful and, and you're still uh, a good, good dude. So I do appreciate it. Thank you. I can see that. I can see that. Thank you. Um, we have a few listener questions I wanted to run by you to see if, uh, what your thoughts were. The first being Catherine asked, what contests does Mark look at? So what contests do you pay attention to? What, what, which ones are you cognizant well, of and appreciate? Um, you know, I feel like I, I participate in a lot of them, right. As a judge mm -hmm. or as a, or as a mentor. So, you know, I, I've been mentoring, uh, for Sinistory for, for many years. Um, and I try to attend the, the retreat, the retreat that they have in October here, probably not this year, but, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, 
you know, I usually will participate in the Austin Film Festival. And as far as like hearing pitches and uh, and then sort of uh, either judging or or you know meeting with the with the winners of the screenplay writing, so I, Austin has very good taste. Uh, Page, I uh, I will judge. Um, uh, UCLA writing program, you know the MFA writing program, I judge every year. Um, and then of course you know the the nickel. Mm-hmm. I mean I think those. I, I tend to, to be honest with you, I tend to not pay a lot of attention, I think, to some of the others. I mean, I know, and that's not to, that's not to mean that they aren't good, just found that, um, you know, that a lot, that the aforementioned um, are great about sort of engaging reps um, in, in, in X, right, execs and producers as well. Um, and so, you know, they will always like, you know, uh, um, uh, Page and Cinestory and UCLA and um, yeah and and the Nickel right like they they always reach out every year and they're like hey you know do we is this your current contact info do you want to participate this year and so I think I think that's I think that kind of outreach is meaningful and it makes me want to engage right there there's reciprocity there um, in addition to you know I think that that I think some of the some of the uh, better i think young voices uh i you know have come out of those those the you know those programs or um contests and speaking well, of young voices uh what uh what does your client list look like and how do listeners get on that client list oh um what's the best way for a writer who thinks that they have a great spec great I, and they want to get it in your hands. What's the best way for them to do? It? Is it through the blacklist? Is it through contests? Is it through queries? Is it through, hey, I may know somebody who is a friend of a friend of a friend of someone, one of Mark's clients. What's the best way to get yeah. to to Mark Madness? Um, you know, I think I think a lot of it these days is refer. It's either it's either I'm reaching out or it's referral. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think the most recent person I signed came from. Netflix executive, um, so, some people, you know, you know, weirdly, you know, I am an anomaly uh, in the sense that I actually will look at cor- the, some of the queries. Like, I will actually look at them because here's the thing: I don't have to open an envelope. No one's no one's asking me to go through the physical process of collecting my mail and opening my and opening an envelope. Unfolding a letter and actually reading it, mm-hmm. uh, there it pops up in front of me, and so I look at it and I'm sort of like, you know, and sometimes it'll say, like, you don't know me, but I'm an awesome writer, and I'm like, okay, that's chutzpah right, right out of the gate. Like this, this person obviously is trying to get my attention, so I'll actually read it. Um, uh, you know, some of the other online, I forgot, I sh- should have mentioned earlier, it's not a contest, but like virtual pitch fest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I get, you know, they daily, I get a, you know, in inquiry from, from them. Um, and I have, you know, I read the, those log lines. So, um, I tend, I, sometimes I'll read, I, and I know, I know right away, you know, I'll know right away. It's like the way that if they like, for example, right. And this, and I think this kind of, this will answer some of the other questions probably have. So I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm going to put them all sort of in, in under this under this umbrella right now, you know, if you spell my name wrong or you right. get, or you, 
or you're using like my Gmail address that you found, fuck off. I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna, like you, if you can't be bothered to act, figure out the, the right way to approach me that that's respectful, like then why, like the, how, 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 how can you possibly respect your work, right? Like you, your, your query letter is, is littered with like, grammatical errors. I'm not going to read your script. Like, why would I do? You can't get through three sentences. How are you going to get through 120 pages without right. a grammatical error, right? So it's like, listen, that may be, listen, that may be a very unfair and harsh judgment, but it's like, I don't, my time is very valuable to mm -hmm. me. So, you know, I feel like I, I, you know, those are, those are the yellow flags for, you know, I think uh, immediately. So I tend to sort of disregard those. So please don't do those things, writers. And, uh, and then, you know, I think um, just to kind of further answer your question, yeah, I mean, I would say some of it's outreach for me too, right? Because I, I go to the festivals, again, not this year, but I go, you know, I go to a lot of uh, the festivals. I watch a lot of the short, I watch a lot of the shorts programs. Um, you know, I've spent time online, like, again, you know, it goes back to what I was saying before, like, sometimes a way to kind of break through the kind of, you know, the drudgery or the monotony of the disappointment, you know, is to, is to just find some, something, you know, some nugget of excitement out there. Sometimes that could be going to Vimeo and being like, oh, the staff pick of the week. This is a really cool, like, animated short. This person has a voice. I should reach out, you know? So, I mean, it's how I actually how I found a client was actually because she had done a she had done this amazing little short film, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know she's a French uh, filmmaker who resides in the UK, and and she did a she did a five minute short uh, that you know that I saw like three days before Vimeo made it the staff pick of the week, and once that happened, it went viral, and all of a sudden, like she was besieged right. by Hollywood. So, you know, but I, you know, I had seen it three days prior to that because I was, I was looking at short films online. That's so right. I think, you know, that sometimes that's how I find, I'll find people. Um, but I would say a lot of, yeah, I mean, usually I think a lot of referrals too. Uh, and then, you know, novelists and comic book writers who have an interest in writing scripts, I get introduced to all the time, you know, and, or, or I'll read a book and then I'll sort of be like, hey, like, you know, in addition to, write film and tv rights like you know have you ever thought about writing scripts and some and usually the answer is no they're like no i'm a novelist but you know sometimes the answer is yes i have and here it is and then they send it to me nice so, yeah so i think it's i mean look that's my job right i'm the i'm the i'm the guy with the metal detector on the set on the beach right going looking for um so the next reader question is also about contests and competitions it's David asked, uh, if a script gets recognition in a major contest this year, should the writer wait until they see how it does in some of the later contests to query with it? I, or e.g. Um, Austin doesn't announce until September. Say you semifinal in page, should you go out with that or wait to see how the same script did in Austin, uh, just, to, just to say you did well in both contests? So I guess it does more make a difference. Yeah, I, uh, it's a good man. Listen, I mean, it's a it's a completely legit question. Sure. Um, I, I think, I mean, that's a look. I mean, I think that's hard to say. My 
instinct, listen, my instinctive knee-jerk reaction to that is um, if it's good, you know, if, if it's if you believe in it and you're getting good feedback, get it out there, right? Like when, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? Because if not, then you're just waiting, right? Like, right, I, and, and, I've, right. and I feel like I've encountered a lot of those people that are just waiting. They're just collecting, they're collecting accolades and, and they'll send and they'll be like, my script, like, here's the, here's what I've done. It'll be like, you know, whatever, like 2017 to now. And it'll just be like all these morals, like placed in this, placed in, it's like half a page. And I'm like, okay, doesn't, what, I don't know what that doesn't mean anything to me. Like some of the, I've never even heard of some of these contests. You could have just been like, hey, I'm a semifinalist in, in page or, uh, you know, or nickel. Uh, and I'm very passionate storyteller and I'd love for you to read my script. Just get it, just go. Right. Absolutely. No, that's, that's good. Unless advice. you want, feed, you know, unless you're looking for the feedback. Sure. Which but, a lot of writers are. Right. But in theory, they too. could do both, right? They could submit and mention. Absolutely. Page. And then if they get more, they can go out to others. And yeah, no, I mean, what you're saying makes sense rather than just sitting on it and hoping it gets a whole bunch of accolades. Cause if it doesn't, then you're a year later and yeah. So no, no, that makes sense. Uh, uh, and also Damon asked, uh, how big is world builder? Is it just him? You sort of answered that already. Uh, does he lean toward any genres, which you sort of answered as read ready? How many pages does he give the writer before he stops reading? Uh, and also does he accept massages as a bribe to read a script? There you go. <laughs> Damon. Damon yeah, there you oh, go. Wow. He really took advantage of his time, didn't he? <laughs> so I guess how many pages do you give the writer before you stop reading? I will know. I'm gonna tell you something. Again, here just goes this takes us back to that sort of that transparency and candor, right? Mm -hmm. I I literally will know. I will know by the by halfway down the first page. Okay. I mean, I've, been, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Yeah. Like I know now, um, you know, and again, look, it's all, and listen, I need to, I need to sort of uh, uh, issue a disclaimer to this, right? Because I think it's very important. It's, it's subjective, Kevin, as you know, sure, right? Absolutely. Subjective. Absolutely. So the way one person writes can be attractive to someone and not attractive to someone else. You know, I kind of, I like, for example, um, I really love writers who know, like, you know, like they have, I, I wouldn't necessarily say a mastery of it at, at that level, but they certainly um, are, like they've read a lot of scripts and, and they've read the, the good ones, the sort of effective ones. And so they understand, I think, how to set up tone and establish a character very, very quickly. And you kind of know that, you know, when someone starts, for example, um, you know, what typically will turn me off is when someone starts with the weather. Like if it's, how many scripts, dude, have you read where it starts with, the, where it's sort of like the wind, you know, like your farmhouse night, you know, the wind's rattling the, the window panes and I'm like, the fucking wind. Okay, okay. What does that have to do? Does that have anything to do with the story? It has nothing to do with anything at all. Unless it's right? Twister or something. Yeah. yeah unless, exactly. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a horror film and you're setting the mood of like, yeah, it's a creepy, windy night. Like, I get it. But like, there are much more interesting ways 
um, to, you know, to, uh, I think to engage. Like I remember a client, I have a client, um, uh, you know, who I remember him starting up like an action thriller script, you know, um, uh, I think, I think like the first line is something like, uh, we're staring at what appear to be concentric circles, you know, like that's literally like the first line of the script, um, and which I, which just kind of blew me away. And I was, you know, and I, and I may be, I may be misremembering it, but that's, that's sort of the general idea, but it was like in his, you know, he was visualizing what we were seeing. Sure. It was yeah. kind of like, you know, it was be someone under duress who's kind of, you know, waking up and the first thing they see is this blurry, what looks like these concentric circles that end up being obviously, you know, I think like what, like condensation from, from water glasses on the table where their head is lying. So, you know, it was like, that's descriptive to me, you know, it's very, um, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's understanding what has come before and figuring out a way to not, not invent, reinvent the wheel, but to just orient the reader in a sort of unique and creative way. So I, you know, when I see that, like when somebody who's kind of in command of the story that they're telling, uh, that, that's usually what'll keep me, that keeps me going. If it's, if it feels like, um, this person and didn't take the time, right, to sort of understand what had come before, um, then, you know, then you're, you're going to get that. You're going to be like, you know, the, you know, the, uh, I don't know, right, the dappled leaves uh, floating in a, in a, in across a field as the moon shines above. I'm like, how many times are we going to start a script that way? Come on. <laughs> right. Um, so that's the main podcast. And you're going to stick around for a few minutes to chat on the unscripted after show? on patreon sure cool so world builder it's awesome i'm so glad to when i got your email i was so glad to hear that uh not that i don't like zero gravity i mean we've had uh we've been i've interviewed eric on it and and uh but you know i know you and i've known you a long time you've always been before zero gravity i know you've been you know on your own for a long time and and and, uh so i was excited to hear that uh you started world builder. So that's great. Um, Thank you. Uh, be sure to follow Mark on Twitter. Is it still at manager Mark? I believe so. Yes. I believe that is actually my handle on so, Twitter. Yes. So be sure to follow Mark on Twitter at manager Mark and uh, f- flip over to uh, the unscripted after show on Patreon. If you have any questions about the craft or business of writing, be sure to check out our companion website, scriptsandscribes.com or you can send us a tweet to at scriptscribes. There's no and in the middle there, just at scriptscribes. Thanks again, Mark. I appreciate you taking your time during this crazy time to chat with us. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. And we will see you guys next time.